0: I'd like to consider briefly tonight just verse 10. There's a lovely phrase here that has a number of very helpful meanings and applications for us. The psalmist says, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. A promise for all of us, a good promise for a prayer meeting this evening. But it has other applications as well the psalm is addressing a rebellious people a people who've had such blessing and yet they won't listen they have rebelled god has heard them when they cried out in trouble verse 7 thou callest in trouble and i delivered thee but again and again the testimony is the people would not listen they would not hear And so he testifies against them. Verse 8 Hear, O my people. This is a pleading, a tender plea from the Lord God of Israel that they should listen to him. Verse 9 It's evident that they've been adulterous with their worship. They've worshipped idols, strange gods. They've gone and they've played the field. They tried to syncretize false worship, strange gods, those that are no God, instead of the one true God. And so he reminds them at the beginning of verse 10, I am the Lord thy God. What a reassuring phrase, a reminder. Did they need to be reminded after all the evidence of all that the Lord had done for them down through the years I am the Lord God. We often need to be reminded. All of us are fickle. We need to remind ourselves what the Lord has done. I am the Lord that brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. Their sin took them to Egypt. And there they were, suffering, struggling, slaves in bondage, and the Lord brought them up. And every one of us tonight that know the Lord, we can say, the Lord brought us up. He brought us up out of the pit. He took us out of slavery. This is the Lord, our God. This is what he's done for us. We continually need to be reminded what the Lord has done in the past. If we're not experiencing the blessing of God tonight, If our hearts feel cold, well what we do is we look back and we say, look where God took us from. He's the one that lifted us up and our worship, our thanksgiving, our praise should be to him and to him alone. Present blessing is a direct function of our appreciation of what the Lord has done for us already. Well, in the midst of this idolatry, here's the promise. What a merciful promise for the Lord to say this to a deaf, dumb people who would go playing the field. He says to them, open thy mouth wide. Speak to me. But you've got to do something. As with so many of the promises of God, there's a condition It's not just blessing upon blessing with no responsibility to us. We are to open our mouths and there's the first problem. So often we're stubborn. We won't open our mouth and I'll give you three different applications of this. We're silent, silent in prayer. Our mouth is closed when it comes to the word of God and eating. The word of God and our mouth is closed when it comes to witness. So that's the three ways in which we can take this expression. Open thy mouth wide. Some people, they have a closed mouth through life. They know that God is their God. They know that the Lord is the God of heaven, the God of earth. But he has to remind them, I am the Lord thy God. Don't be silent. Don't keep your faith to yourself. If there's no faith, no belief in prayer, no love for God's word, the Lord has a word for you tonight. Open thy mouth wide. Not mumbling, not just a few words but open it wide. Well, let's think of it this way. First of all, we need a willingness to eat. You think of a a bird that comes back to her chicks. The chicks can't feed, they can't fly, they're in the nest. And the mother comes with the food, perhaps a juicy worm or something, and she just looks at them and she hardly needs to peep or say anything. There they are waiting, waiting upon the next meal. Do we have that kind of eagerness, willingness? Or do we have a stubbornness like that child that doesn't want to eat a meal? Remember feeding your children if you've had children. You put the spoon and you try helicopters and you try aeroplanes and all sorts but they will not open. Their mouth, they won't eat. They're stubborn and determined. You have to slightly force the mouth open. If only they can get a taste of the food, surely they will open it. The Lord says, open thy mouth wide, spiritually. Are we good eaters of the word of God? Are we those that will do as God has said and be willing to eat, to eat Upon the Lord Jesus Christ, eat of me. It speaks of that a willingness to uh, to eat. Open that mouth wide, and the Lord will fill it. He'll feed us. He'll nourish us. He'll satisfy us. What with? Well, look down at verse sixteen. He should have fed them also. What with the dross? No, the finest of the wheat. He would have kept the best of the harvest. Who's the finest of the wheat? Christ is. With honey out of the rock, mixing metaphors. Christ is the rock. And Christ is also the one that gives us honey, something that's sweet. I should have satisfied thee. But the problem was we weren't willing to eat. We kept our mouth closed. We didn't obey we refuse to eat that's speaking of faith isn't it you need faith to believe that the food that's put before you will nourish you and that you need it and that it will do you good and satisfy you would you eat any other food compared to the finest of the wheat and honey from the rock a willingness to eat. But this also speaks, open thy mouth wide, a command to speak. We use our mouths not just to eat, but to speak. What do we do if we have eaten of that which is good? If we've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, but would we then keep it quiet? Would we not tell others? This is a command, open, open your mouth. But Maybe I'm a timid believer. Maybe that's someone else's job to speak and to witness. Maybe I stumble and mumble and I get tongue twisted. No, the Lord says, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. What did he say to the disciples and the apostles when they would be found before emperors, kings, governors, judges? I will give you. The Holy Spirit will fill your mouth. You will know the words to say. If you're a believer tonight, I'm sure you've had that experience. You've been in a situation, I have, and you think, I don't know what I'm going to say. I've been put into situations before where you're suddenly asked to preach or speak or there's some situation, some death, some tragedy, and you don't know what to say. And the Lord fills your mouth with something to say a command to speak this is an instruction for us as a church are we to proclaim or are we to be silent are we to leave it to others are we to publish and proclaim the word of God publish tracts and take them into the high street are we to go into care homes and give a word the best we can Speak of the finest of the wheat that's fed us. Are we to visit the elderly and care for them and give them an encouragement? Oh yes, open thy mouth wide and I will fill it. I'll tell you what to say. I'll give you the words in season and out of season. I'll help you. We're to take every opportunity we can to open our mouth wide. I think that means the doors of the church open them wide so that many will come in and the Lord will fill it well there's a third application here a willingness to eat a command to speak but doesn't this speak of prayer but I don't know what to pray I'm not good at praying I don't like praying in public I'm too nervous to pray I, I don't know what to say Well, the Lord says, open thy mouth wide tonight. I think that speaks of a need to pray for big things. Let's turn to Psalm 78. Just go back a couple of Psalms. Psalm 78 and verse 41. This is what they did, the children of Israel in the wilderness. We thought of the manna on Monday evening. Well, Verse 40, read that first. How oft did they provoke him in the wilderness and grieve him in the desert? Yea, they turned back and tempted God. They tested him. And they limited the Holy One of Israel. What do we pray for? Do we pray for small things? Limiting God and his power? Just think of what he did in Egypt. Go back to our verse, verse 10, uh, Psalm 81. He brought you out of the land of Egypt. He squashed Pharaoh. Ten extraordinary miracles of plagues. If the Lord can do that and free two million people without one dying, how remarkable. What do we pray for? Only when we ask lavishly, Will the Lord answer lavishly? Do we pray that we'll have godly rulers as a nation? We can pray that. doesn't seem possible at this time. Do we pray, as one dear brother, I'm sure, is listening from home tonight, that the chapel would be filled again? Could we pray that? Would we pray that the baptistry would be regularly opened in the next 12 months? Would we pray that Bedford would be turned upside down with the gospel? It's happened before. The Lord's done it. Would we pray that all our children in this room tonight, represented, would come to know the Lord for themselves? Everyone, not one, would be lost. We mustn't limit the Lord. That's what they did in the wilderness. Would we pray that there'd be such irresistible power in the gospel and in the preaching and in the godly reputation of this church that people would be constrained to come in off the street on a Sunday evening. Just something in their heart, the Holy Spirit would draw them in. Would we pray that prisoners in Bedford Prison would be converted through a simple Bible study? Well, open... Lie mouth wide. Ask for the biggest things. In business, they use this expression, a B-H-A-G. A a big, hairy, audacious goal. When you're coming up with your plan, your business plan, your strategic (coughs) plan, you've got to think big. Well, if that's true in the business world, is that not true in the church spiritually? Should we not ask great things of our great God? That was the words of William Carey. That we should attempt great things. For the Lord will surely answer. Would we pray that evolution would collapse? And that suddenly there would be a disbelief. That there possibly could have been billions of years. It could happen. If the iron curtain could fall down and the Berlin Wall be taken down, surely these things can happen. Open thy mouth wide, I will fill it. A willingness to eat, a command to speak, and a strong encouragement to pray tonight for the greatest things we possibly can. And the Lord will hear us. Here's a verse of a Newton hymn that we shall sing later. Three Newton hymns tonight. Don't apologise for that. Thou art coming to a king. Large petitions with thee bring. For his grace and power are such. None can ever ask too much. There's a warning at the end of the psalm. He should have fed them also but their mouths were closed they wouldn't have him they wouldn't be satisfied by the only one that satisfies how sad that would be if there isn't that willingness that obedience to speak and that faith to pray just a couple of verses turn to genesis 18 i can't resist this Genesis 18:14 You know these words, I didn't realize they occurred twice. Almost word for word. Genesis 18:14 Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the time appointed I will return unto thee, Abraham, according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. That seemed impossible. But the Lord heard the Lord answered he defied logic he defied defied natural means Jeremiah 32:27 an almost parallel verse Jeremiah 32 verse 27 does somebody have a great burden tonight and you think there's no way out open your mouth wide because this is what it says Jeremiah thirty two twenty seven, Behold, I am the Lord, the God of all flesh. Is there anything too hard for me? We can pray, I use this term carefully, we can pray big tonight because we come before our great God. Well, let's have a...